the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good evening, everybody. Second hour here on the way of the Full Court Press on November 25th for a Monday evening. Snowy and cold. Please be safe wherever you are driving. Uh, be very, very, very safe out there. There's been uh, multiple wrecks throughout the day, uh, throughout the valley and in the canyons. So, again, wherever you are driving, if you are driving, please be safe. However you are listening and wherever you are listening to us from, thank you so much for doing so. We are on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. You can also stream us on 106.9 FM. Dot com or says 1069thefan.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Just type in Eric Francis, name, my name, type in the full court press, you'll be able to find the show in itself and uh, and listen to all of our previous shows and even bonus related content such as press conferences and audio from post games as well from Utah State football and basketball. Speaking of both of those, let's uh, let's have our Aggie hour here on a recap Monday. We'll start with basketball first. Uh, with their two games on Friday night, they faced LSU. At the time, was three and one. Utah State was coming into this game uh, versus, and everyone said this would be their big challenge. This is where the the big games kind of started to get in here, where the test really is going to be uh, the eye test, if you will, of Utah State and how good they really are. Bam, jam, thank you, ma'am. They're down by 19 points. They were getting absolutely throttled in the first half on incredibly sizzling shooting uh, from LSU. In fact, uh, Skyler Mace, who finished 10 to 13 from the field, 5 of 6 from deep, 5 of 5 from the charity uh, stripe, had, in 37 minutes had 30 points. He just lit the Aggies up. But of course, it's not how you start, it's always how you finish, right? Sam Merrill and the Aggies. Uh, went on just an absolutely startling run uh, to close out the game and to hold on for dear life. Uh, in fact, Alfonso 3 had cut it to 4 uh, to a 71-61 deficit. And then, of course, Craig Coach Smith, who says, you know, it's always like chopping wood, right? You don't cut down the tree, or uh, as he said, in, in one big swipe of the axe. You got to just kind of keep going at it. And that's what he said he told his kids. Is at a timeout, he said, hey, look, get it to 10 uh, by the 10-minute mark. All right, now get it to five by this mark. And he just kind of gave measurements out by the media timeouts. And then sure enough, they did. Sam Merrill hit that uh, go-ahead three with about 57 seconds left to give him an 80-78 to 78 lead. That score would stand as the final. Uh, Sam Merrill and the Aggies escape LSU with a monstrous win. So here's what we're going to do for you guys. We're actually going to pose... Uh, play the audio, and we'll start with uh, Sam Merrill and Justin Bean first. This is from the LSU game. We're going to play this for you guys so you can hear what their thoughts was after that massive comeback uh, versus the LSU Tigers. Here is Sam Merrill and Justin Bean after their win over the LSU Tigers on Friday night. Obviously showed who we are as a team. Um, did not play well in the first half, and, you know, they shot the ball really well. We uh, they don't hit a ton of threes, and so we were trying to pack the paint, and they, they made shots, and we didn't play well. But, uh, you know, that's who we are as a team. We just um, know that there's always a chance and that we got to find a way to win, and fortunately we did tonight. 
What's the team's mindset? I mean, the team was down 19 with 16 and some change to play. Um, it's, it's, how does the team overcome that deficit? Well, I think we, you know, we're a veteran team. We've been there before. Maybe not a deficit like that, but I thought it was interesting. Diogo kept saying, like, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game because we knew that we were not playing our style of basketball. So once we, you know, figured it out and frankly toughened up a little bit and realized that we can play with the big boys and um, we started playing a lot better and that's how we got there. This one was uh, an emotional roller coaster to be quite frank. Um, it took a lot of mental toughness. Um, just staying together which is something we preach from the beginning of the season even into the summer um, and uh, yeah so we just had to overcome a lot to, to get to where we were. We weren't being aggressive enough that first half. Thought they really set the tone, hit some tough shots. Credit to them. They, they shot out of their minds and we just let them get too comfortable so we just had to really get into them, uh, make them uncomfortable, and uh, force some good offensive possessions on the other end. Um, team overcame a 19-point deficit with like 16 minutes and some change. Um, you talked about you know chipping away, but what what's the mindset of trying to overcome that deficit? <clears throat> well, Coach Smith says it probably once a day, uh, you know, in practice, and just. He's always telling us NBA, you know, next best action. And I don't think we were doing that. We were still focusing on, on the plays that we messed up in and turnovers. So it just took a lot of uh, grit, honestly, just kept fighting, um, kept staying together, moved the ball around a lot better the second half, I thought. We weren't being sticky with it, just kept it moving. And when we do that, we're a really dangerous team on offense, and it showed that second half. Maryland Anderson each had 24 points apiece for the Aggies. Maryland, in fact, shot 5-9 from deep, and he made 9-10 free throws. Justin Bean was phenomenal. 14 points, 12 boards, and Diogo Brito had 12 points. LSU shot 47% from the field. That snapped the Utah State's run of holding its last four opponents to less than 40% shooting. In fact, LSU made six three-pointers in the first eight minutes, and it was on a 14-2 run to build an early 28-13 lead. The Tigers finished the half 9 of 18 from deep and shot 52% overall. As we already mentioned, Days led the way in that first half. He had 14 and the uh, LSU Tigers led by 14 and a half, 44-30. And then they built it up to 19 before the Aggies made their run. Uh, by the way, in that game, the uh, first of all, two things. One, the win over LSU was the first for Utah State over an SEC opponent since the 87-68 whipping they handed Mississippi State just six years ago on November 23rd. The 19-point comeback with 16.32 to play, was its largest deficit since the Aggies had overcome to win over Weber State when they trailed them by 18 on November 14th of 2014. They out-rebounded LSU 34-31. As we already mentioned, Sam had a great night shooting, but he also had a good night dishing out the ball. He had a game-high eight assists. Uh, That was the fourth game this season and the 34th in his career with at least five or more assists in a game. So after the game, Coach Smith, he was still breathing, and he lost a little bit of hair that he had left on his head. But overall, he was extremely proud of his team. Well, it's a fantastic win uh, in every way, shape, and form, and even almost spectacular after the way, you know, being down 19 points with 16 minutes to play. LSU's a very good team. Uh, You know, it's a team that got to the Sweet 16 last year and had 28 wins, and they're just so athletic and so big, and uh, they made life really, really difficult on us for a long, long time. Uh, I thought the first half, 
uh, we just weren't our normal selves and, and credit LSU to that but I thought we were a little bit tentative and unsure of ourselves and I thought our press really got us an attack uh, got them a little bit tentative and you know even the start of that first half we had to get on some guys I thought we were feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves, which is not like us and and then once we got going and played started playing Aggie basketball um, we looked like a, a, a good basketball team so um, a lot of great performances um, you know Justin Bean wasn't his normal self early um, and then to be quite frank we kind of got on him and, and he just became you know Superman I thought Alfonso Anderson had his best game as an Aggie and Sam Merrill was did Sam Merrill things just really put us on his back um, you know just really not only on the court but at halftime and just talking to guys and let's go let's get it going we're not playing our and having that kind of leadership from a guy that's been there for a long long time but um, just can't speak highly enough to what a gutty performance what a gutty comeback that takes character to do that and when you're down 19 you're not going to get it all back in one big flailing swoop right so we always tell our guys you just got to keep chopping wood and when you're chopping wood you don't cut down the tree in one big you know swipe of the axe you just got to keep going and keep going you don't know when that tree is going to fall and fortunately for us it fell um, it was about 30 seconds to go uh, in the game so what a uh, big time win against a big time program and uh, one that hopefully keeps propelling us uh, into the next game on Sunday so when you're down 19 what do you tell them in the timeout just you, you kind of summed it up there but well when you're down 19 you know it's still a long game 40 minutes is a long long game and so you just got to keep them locked in on the process right and that's every play and I know it's cliche-ish and every possession but you got to be able to just keep cutting the lead in half and and, and play in, in chunks so to speak because you're not going to get it all back in one swoop and then you got to stay away from hero basketball sometimes you get down by 19 or you're up by 19 you know guys start doing their own thing because they get selfish and that was never going to work for us and that never does work for us so we just had to stay connected stay united and keep chopping wood and we did we ran a few sets that worked but more so than that it was just players making plays and basketball is a player's game and our guys took ownership in that and obviously at the end of the day we found the way to win. Yeah, that was terrific performance by, you mentioned Merrill at the end there and Anderson. Did some really good performances. Do you feel like your leaders stepped up as leaders or did you have somebody else step up tonight that you'd like to applaud as well? It, it was everybody. This team has amazing character to it. You know, it's too early. It's only game six, but we have so much character in our program. Um, whether it's a senior, uh, you know, Sam Merrill and Diogo Brito and Abel Porter or freshman, you know, um, Sean Bairstow is a, a great person. Liam McChesney is redshirting. But, you know, whether you're young or old and everybody in between, we have great chemistry, great character. And it's amazing what that'll do for you. And so, um, you know, like I said, a lot of great performances. Alfonso, you know, he's only six games, but that's his sixth game as an Aggie and gets 24. You know, and he had some good passes. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff we saw tonight that we hadn't seen um, in those first six games, uh, including their presses and some of their half-court defenses. And so I thought we responded in a very good way once we started playing our basketball, which is sharing the ball, playing off one another. I thought the first half we got really sticky and just over-dribbled. I thought their pressure bothered us. But in the second half, we just we um, adjusted to the speed of the game and their length and athleticism in a great way.
terrific off the court. It was 84 degrees here in Jamaica today. Is your team enjoying the the, the warmth, or would they like to go back to some snow? Well, you know what? Um, it's a great reprieve, but Jamaica's been fantastic. We we actually flew out here, uh, and we were the first team here on Tuesday. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday, and we had a couple very good practices here. But I know our guys have been in the ocean. Um, uh, they love that all-inclusive resort where they can just eat donuts and candy all the time. Unfortunately, <laughs> but 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 seriously, the the hospitality in Jamaica has been absolutely fantastic. The tournament's been very very well run. The tour- tournament organizers have done a, a, a fantastic job um, with the practice setups and all the facilities and transportation and all the amenities has been fantastic and so uh, it's been a great trip up to this point winning certainly helps and and we'll have an off day tomorrow with preparation for a good north texas team so how do you get ready for north texas after a win like this well it's an emotional win certainly and win or lose that game i knew sunday was going to be a very very difficult game a because north texas is very good they're highly competitive they're very well coached and you have that emotion emotion comes into play win or lose on a quick turnaround like that so uh, the thing i like is because of our character and our competitive spirit uh, i know our guys will be ready to roll and we'll start with film session and walk through maybe even tonight we'll see (laughs) okay well thanks coach we appreciate it Utah State, once again, as I already mentioned, that was their first win over an SEC opponent since their absolute dominating win over Mississippi State six years ago on November 23rd. Uh, that was their biggest comeback since beating Weber State five years ago on November 14th when they were down by 18 and a half. Uh, one point early in the second half, actually, Utah State trailed by 21. A couple other notes on that game. Uh, Merrill had moved into number four in the three-point field goals attempted at 573, passing Reed Newey, uh, who played from 80, uh, in 84 and then 87 through 89, and he had totaled 572 three-point attempts in his career. Sam also, Sam also increased his career minutes to 3,429, good for ninth place in school history uh, in career minutes played, passing Nate Harris, of course, who played from 03 to 06, who had appeared in 3,422 career minutes. For Fonzo, he had scored in double figures for 24 for a career high. And Diogo Brito uh, scored 12 for the fourth time this season and 23rd time in his career. Uh, so with that, LSU out of the way. As you heard Coach say towards the end, that North Texas would be a very, very difficult game. And he couldn't have been more right how good North Texas was for a bunch of different reasons. North Texas came to play knowing they had nothing to lose. This team was 2-4 and four going into this game, and a lot of people thought it'd be a wipe the court with you. We're going to use you as a mop for 40 minutes of basketball. North Texas had other ideas, gave Utah State every bit that they could handle. We'll get to that game and to the audio of that game coming up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. RJ South here on the Full Court Press, 519's your time. November 25th, it's a Monday evening. Grateful to have you all. However, wherever you're joining us from, streaming, radio, car, if you're in your car, 
drive safe, wet, uh, roads are wet, slushy, snowy, whatever. Another storm is supposed to hit Wednesday and Thursday should be a big one. So if you're traveling over the holiday, uh, please plan accordingly. Stay safe out there. Uh, so Utah State beats LSU. They move on to North Texas. North Texas is in two and is two and four at this point in time. And I, as I've already mentioned here before the break, that people thought this was be a mopping game, right? We're going to use North Texas to mop up and down the floor for forty minutes of basketball and just hand it to them. Ends up not being that easy, actually. Final score, 68-59. Utah State beats North Texas, but they had to use an 11-0 run and hold North Texas to a scoring drought of 4 minutes and 11 seconds. By the way, that is a key phrase in this game. Scoring drought. Two words. Here's why. Utah State went on two of them in the first half. And struggling with North Texas. I mean, and they had some good looks. As did, by the way, North Texas had some great looks in that first half. And they just wouldn't fall. Utah State had some good looks. Couldn't get them to fall. Some good looks inside the post. Couldn't get them up. It was a very physical game, too. That game was physical. The refs let a lot go last night. But, as it comes to be, Utah State gets the Jamaican Classic uh, Championship. Justin Bean, 14 points, 12 boards in 36 minutes. That's good enough for the tournament MVP. Alfonso Anderson, 7-11 from the field. He was 5-6 from the free throw line. He had 19 points, 5 rebounds in 31 minutes of play. Sam Merrill struggled mightily. In fact, Sam... uh, Tweaked his ankle a little bit. He was 0-6 from the field. He was 0-2 from deep. He was 5-6 from the charity stripe. That's where all five of his points came from. Ends up uh, ends his uh, double-digit scoring that dated back to last season. In fact, he was held scoreless in the first half. That hadn't happened since the Washington NCAA tournament game. So Alfonso made the all-tournament team. Of course, Bean was the... Uh, Tournament MVP. Diogo Brito was really good as well. In 33 minutes, he was 7-7 from the charity stripe, 2-5 from deep, 3-8 from the field. He had 15 points. Abel Porter, by the way, he uh, suffered a little bit of an ankle tweak as well. Uh, Didn't see a lot of minutes in the second half. In fact, he only played 15. Uh, More of a precautionary than anything. They this team needs some rest. They I mean, those are two very physical games, and they badly, badly need that rest. And I'm sure they'll utilize it a lot as they get ready for the St. Mary Gales in Moraga, California on Friday night, 9.30 Mountain Time, uh, is that game. Again, on Black Friday. So uh, here is Coach Smith after that game versus uh, North Texas. Very complimentary complimentary of North Texas, but also uh, complimentary of his team itself for showing a lot of mental toughness and a lot of grit. Well, heck of a basketball game tonight. I thought North Texas played an excellent game, and we knew they would. Uh, they're a very, very good defensive team. They re- make it very, very difficult for you to get easy baskets. And um, I thought we had some really good looks in the first half. They just weren't falling. And uh, but to the, and a lot of that was to their credit. They. Uh, they make the game messy. They really mix it up in there. I thought they were the aggressor, especially the first about eight to ten minutes or so. They were the quickest to the ball. And uh, I thought our guys were working hard, but not hard enough. Um, 
uh, especially mentally just being locked in and and uh, but you know our guys found a way to win and this isn't gymnastics where you get style points for winning you know and at the bottom line is to get the W so we got a lot to to improve on but our guys gutted it out we had a lot of adversity tonight uh, Abel Porter our starting point guard gets an ankle injury and was fighting foul trouble all night long Sam Merrill who is obviously the player of the year in the Mountain West Conference and uh, he gets an ankle injury with about seven and a half minutes to go and so we were playing a lot of different lineups had to do a lot of different things throughout the game uh, but we ended the game with I believe 11 straight stops in 13 out of 16 stops and at the end of the day when you can do that um, it, it makes it, uh, it doesn't put as much pressure on your offense so finding a way to win this championship means a lot uh, there's a lot of guys that can play college basketball for four years and never have an opportunity to play in in any championship. And so to win this um, championship means a lot to Utah State, means a lot to our guys in our program, and uh, we're thrilled and honored to be a part of it. And you, you talked about guys that came off the bench, Ed Anderson and Brito, that came off the bench and really played a big part for you, especially there in the second half. They sure did. Um, you know, Diogo Brito, we always say he's a, he's a Swiss Army knife. Like, he just is a jack of all trades. He does so many different things for us. He can shoot, he can pass, he can dribble, and he's an excellent defensive player, and he's just a spark plug. And, uh, and he showed that again tonight, made some big free throws um, down the stretch. Alfonso Anderson was really, really good. He's really kind of coming into his own. You know, he's the new guy, um, so he hasn't been down this road necessarily with us, but he's been a big-time spark for us all year, in particular the last two games. Uh, made some big, made the go-ahead basket right around the basket. Um, just plays with a lot of poise and composure, and he's really trying to figure out how we do things. And then Justin Bean is just, you know, a warrior. He, that guy is all over the place, had another double-double again tonight. And we're asking those guys to do some things against some bigger-bodied guys, you know, size-wise, and they're giving up 20 to 30 pounds and probably three to five inches as well. So, um, But those guys have huge hearts. Our team has a huge heart. And um, fortunately for us, we were able to find a way to win. How will these types of games on a neutral court help you when you get to the Mountain West where the games are going to get tougher, faster on the road? Well, we hadn't played two teams with this style of play, so it's always an adjustment. The, the beauty of basketball is there's so many ways to play the game. And, and you know, whether you're playing zones or pressing or, you know, a pressure and deny team or a more of a softer man team or whatever it might be. And so, um, you know, we hadn't seen two teams like LSU and North Texas. And, and, and they have some differences, certainly, but we hadn't seen two teams like that. So it took us, I thought, a while to adjust in the LSU game to their athleticism and their length. But we were able to settle in that last 15 minutes and really made a run. And same thing tonight. These guys really got after us. And I thought um, we weren't playing for each other. And I don't think it was a selfish thing. It was just they were taking us out of some stuff. But then we were able to adjust and, and make some plays, um, in particular on the offensive end. But the one thing we did bo well both nights is we defended at a high level. And the Rhode Island coach said that North Texas is one of the better teams he's seen played and seen on tape this year? Well, North, North Texas is an excellent defensive team. They really make the game ugly. They're on point with their with their coverages. They make the game very, very difficult. They play nine to 10 guys, uh, like routinely, so they're always fresh, they're in you, and they make it difficult. It's not very often that you get clean scores or easy looks um, against them. They have an interest, they have a great versatility defensively, and obviously they're very athletic.
And then finally, and very well coached, by the way. On to the just being here in Jamaica. I mean, a little bit different weather probably than Logan, <laughs> and you're at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah. Talk about the amenities and how nice it's been, even though you're on a business trip. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a, a, a fantastic tournament. Excellent competition, um, very well run. You know, in terms of all the, the the setup of the practice times and the first class facilities and the hospitality with the Jamaica Classic event or, organizers has been outstanding. I thought the spirit and the atmosphere in the in the arena was outstanding. It has a very good feel to the to the game. It doesn't feel like. Um, uh, necessarily a neutral court game where there's nobody there. The gym is packed. There's a great atmosphere in there, and people are into the game. And then, and then obviously, just being at the all-inclusive resort, um, people, the hospitality, the amenities, um, everything that it entails has been absolutely tremendous. But uh, you can have great building, which it is a, a fantastic hotel, but what sets it apart to me is the hospitality of the people, the way people have treated us, has been incredible and so it's been a great trip it certainly helps when you win um, but it's a place uh, we look forward to coming back to uh, in the next four years perfect do you have any messages for the Aggies back home um, uh, uh, we're excited to get this W in Jamaica uh, we're, we'll spend one more night here but we're excited to get back to Utah and, and uh, that win is for you Aggie Nation go Aggies <laughs> I love it Utah State, 68. North Texas, 59. Utah State clinches the Jamaican Jersey Mike's Classic Championship. Uh, there are a perfect 7-0 and on the year. That's their best start since 61-62, and they were 8-0. and uh, It's tied for the fourth best start in school history with the uh, alongside the 61-62 team. There also is the 9-0, 1917-1918 team, the 1930 and 1939-19 team, who is also 9-0. Uh, Utah uh, State's, excuse me, Utah State's bench outscored North Texas reserves 30-49, and they've outscored every single bench so far this season. Uh, they out-rebounded North Texas 36-33. They've also done that to every opponent this season. Diogo Brito scoring double figures. Of course, he had the 15 for the third consecutive uh, game, fifth time this season, 24th time in his career. He finished the game uh, with a game-high tying three steals, marking his fifth consecutive game with multiple steals and recorded at least one steal in every game this season. Justin Bean, of course, 14 points, 13 boards, uh, fourth of the year in regards to double-doubles, the fifth of his career. Uh, he, As we already mentioned, he was the name of the tournament MVP. Alfonso Anderson also was in double figures with his game-high tying 19 points for the consecutive uh, game and fifth time this season. He was named to the all-tournament team. What an impressive basketball team this is. That is such a gritty win. Like, it really is. It just mind-boggles me how gutsy this team is. That with with Sam having as rough a night as he's having, then he gets injured, it comes back in the game, and he's probably not even 70%, if that. And they still find a way to hold North Texas to a 4-minute and 11-second scoring drought to end the game and going on an 11-0 run. That's, uh, it's just such a mentally tough basketball team. I like him against St. Mary's, uh, and then they are back home. No, yeah, they're back home uh, after San Jose State on December 4th. They're back home against Fresno State, and then they play St. Catherine on December 10th. Back on the road again, uh, where they'll face on December 14th. They'll go to Vimmer's Home Arena for the Beehive Classic and take on the BYU Cougars. 
And then, of course, they'll have that Houston to Florida trip. Uh, at the Toyota Center, they'll face uh, South Florida, and then they'll head to Miami to go face the Florida Gators. Um, the Florida Gators is a team that's been kind of having an up-and-down season, but don't count it that SEC team out there. They're still a very good ball team, extremely, extremely athletic. All right, time to get to some football. Uh, we got to the good stuff. It's, it's time to eat some humble pie here, to say the least. You know, when I, on Thursday, when I made my predictions of this game, or Friday, whenever it was, I thought, I felt, and I mean, sincerely felt that Utah State could compete with this Boise State team. Not only just compete with them, but beat them. They have the talent. They have the great coaching staff. I said to myself, I even said it going up to kickoff, hey, this is going to be a dandy. These teams are going to get after it, and it's going to be a slobber knocker, and it's going to go down in the last second, but I think Utah State wins. Someone forgot to give Boise State that memo, or they did, and they used it as motivation. Final score, Maverick Stadium on Saturday night, Boise State 56, Utah State 21. 56 to 21. It was. I'm going to make sure I do my math right here. At halftime, it was what? 40. I don't even know what it was at half. Like 42 to 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 42 to 7 at half. Time of possession. 11.22 for Boise State, 3 minutes and 38 seconds for Utah State. That was in the second quarter alone. Alone in the second quarter. On Boise State's opening drive, I mean, it was just, it was butter. Honestly, it was for them. They were just so impressive. I, I I could have never imagined the beatdown that Utah State was handed to. I just didn't see it coming. And maybe it's because I'm naive. But these, but these numbers don't make sense to me. Total offense was 484 to 428. Boise State. Utah State ran six more plays than Boise State. Utah State punted six times. Boise State punted four. Uh, Passing yards. I can find it here. Uh, Boise State was 16 to 29 for 484. Or no, not 484 yards. Excuse me. I can't. It's not even showing it on here. Forget that idea. Uh... Not even seeing the numbers. Forget it. Here we go. Uh, Rushing-wise, yeah, so Jordan Love was 21 of 36. He had one TD. He had three sacks. um, And he had that pick six. That horrible read for, look, the the play they've been running so consistently and the play that's been really a a turnover the most is, is is the pick six, right? 
And, and it's so telegraphed. And Jordan Love got burned for it again. 21 to 36 for 229 yards. Henry Colomby came in. He was 6 of 11 for 78 yards. Henry also had a TD. Gerald Bright in the rushing, the running game just really never got going. Gerald Bright had 10 carries for 51 yards. Jalen Warren, 8 for 39. Riley Burt had 4 for 13. Devin Tompkins had 1 for 10. Jordan Love had 6 carries for 10 yards. But he lost 20. So really, it's minus 10 in a net average. On the other side, Holani just had a heyday, especially in the first half. Holani was incredible. He had 150-something yards in the first half. Totally had 16 carries for 178 yards and two touchdowns. Van Buren had 14 carries for 62 yards. Jalen Henderson, the quarterback, the third-string quarterback, had seven carries for 58 yards. That running game for Boise State's what set the tone. That running game and, and Boise State just firing off the line like that set the tone for the rest of the night for the Boise State Broncos. Which, and then uh, Utah State. Really didn't, I mean, they responded with a game, I mean, they tied the game on their second drive. But, it just, I mean, it it mind boggles me that Boise State, in their first drive, four plays, 75 yards, took one minute and 39 seconds off the clock. Utah State, on their first drive, three plays, five yards, one minute. Now, their second drive was 11 plays, 86 yards, and 310. But then, here's, here's how the first half went for Boise State in regards of results in drives. Kickoff, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, 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 and then two punts to end the half. Utah State, punt, touchdown, interception, three straight punts, and turnover on downs to end the half. Then they had the two punts, touchdown, interception, touchdown. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing how well prepared Boise State was coming into this game. Savon Scarver went out in the first quarter. Kyler Hack went out in the first quarter. But I didn't see this coming. On that pick six. If I can find it here. Yeah, I can't find it. It was on their first play of an ensuing drive. And I, again, it was just telegraphed horribly. Uh, where it was taken back for a touchdown. No one even was near him. And it kind of put this game away. This game was over at halftime, by the way. And, and and Henderson, by the way, was incredible. Henderson had Henderson was as good as his offensive line one. And his offensive line gave him hours and days to throw. He had so much time in the pocket. 
to throw. And that was another big problem is that there was no pressure from no pressure from the defensive side. The offense couldn't get the ignition going, and the defense couldn't stop the train from coming to run them over. That's what it was like. USU football presser uh, was today. Uh, here's Coach. Uh, here's Coach Anderson on when he was asked how his team reacted uh, in, in in these kind of games. You know, when you go down to the wire with those five games that we've won that go right down to the wire, I think it shows character, toughness, grit, um, belief in each other, all those things that come with that. Um, there was times in this last game that we didn't handle it well. Um, you know, we didn't, I don't, I don't believe we handled the moment um, the way we needed to handle the moment against Boise. Uh, why that is, I don't know. Um, it's frustrating, but it's my job to make sure that doesn't happen. And there were some situations where, you know, we're uncharacteristic, um, in, in just outside of football. Play the game, get in the situation, get in the moment, and that's, you know, it's the young man's job to handle that, but it's also our job to make sure that, you know, no, no moment should be too big, no situation should be too big, and um, regardless of your freshman or your senior, um, and, you know, do everything you can to help your team. So I thought we've handled it great all year long. There was a couple moments in the Boise game where I would like to see it, you know, handled um, differently, and that's, you know, that's education, that's, all of us involved to be able to help the kids be you know, in that spot to uh, react appropriately. One of the other big issues for Utah State Saturday night is tackling. Holani ran over a lot of guys, and a lot of guys tried wrapping up high instead of going low, and Holani just, I mean, it was like a, it was a speed bump to him, really. Here's Anderson on the issues in regards to their tackling. Again, there's a lot of things that go into tackling, but we need to continue to work on, you know, tackling and, uh, getting our guys in a position to be able to make those plays. But, uh, yes, we had uh, definitely a hard time tackling today. Actually, that was in his postgame. Uh, and, by the way, reps catch, that one-handed grab that was on Sports Center. Anderson was pretty impressed. A great, uh, a, a, a fantastic play, number one, I guess, I would say. It was number one on Sports Center, I was told this morning. So, um it's a tremendous individual athletic play. Um, you know, it uh, just goes to show that, uh, you know, Caleb's a grinder. He's a worker. He can, make, he can make those plays, but that was a special, special, special play. Uh, we all know that. And I guess the last thing I would say is that, you know, it goes back to, to recruiting, <laughs> right? When you draw it up, you don't draw it up that way. And he was able to make a special play. And he's a great kid. I think he's really enjoyed his time here. You know, he sees it come to a close here real quick. And, uh, uh, I, I, I believe um, from all what he tells me and the way he carries himself that he believes this was a great decision. And I know it was a great decision for all of those transfers. All of those transfers that came here made us a different team, and we would not be where we are today uh, without those kids that transferred in here. So um, those grad transfers were a big part of it. I think they've all had success. And, you know, Caleb's that, that's a tremendous play, but all those kids are great additions to our program. So in saying that, Coach, is Rep the best tight end? In the Mountain West? Caleb is a, is a wide receiver sometimes. He's a tight end sometimes. He's a H where he comes and does those different things. And so I think he's a, a very talented tight end in this league. And, um, you know, I think he's, uh, you know, we'll see what people think of him, I guess, when they go through any type of voting. But I think he's uh, a very talented player for us. I would have to agree. Rep has been absolutely phenomenal. Siosi Mariner was actually really good the other 
on Saturday night as well. I thought Siosi really played a good football game. Um, his numbers, uh, four catches for 66 yards, uh, no touchdown, but a lot of really just tough catches that he had to make. Rep had five catches for 47 yards, and, of course, that spectacular touchdown. Jordan Nathan, seven catches, 46 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, Sean Carter and Taylor Compton each had a catch, as did Riley Burton, Jalen Warren. Gerald Bright and Devin Tompkins had two, while Derek Wright had three catches as well. Uh, and then finally, Anderson uh, he said he had a long discussion on Saturday night uh, with his uh, with his kids. Um, just, I mean, after a really heartbreaking loss. You know, some other things that we talked about we'll keep within our team because I just don't think it's, uh, you know, it's it's anything as anytime it's bad, it's me. So it's my problem. I got to fix it. All the bad stuff's on me. It's not on them right now. And. We do have our discussions as a team. So speaking of which, one of those discussions and, and one of the biggest things for them is uh, he needs some leaders, right? And it's, it's a leadership thing, too. You want to make sure that your leaders want to step up to this challenge at that task now. Look, you, you got dominated by Boise State, takes you out of the Mountain West Conference championship picture, and now you got to get ready for New Mexico in Albuquerque, final game of the season. And as Eric already alluded to, and uh, Coach alluded to this in his, in his postgame presser. Six wins in the Mount West Conference this year does not guarantee you a bowl game. It makes you bowl eligible, but I would dare say, and I've talked to a couple of people, that if they were to fall short to New Mexico, I wouldn't guarantee that they're going to make a bowl game this year. So in that regard, they do. They, they do need a... They do need a leader. And that's what Coach, uh, he offered that challenge up. You know, the, the challenging thing is when you get in these moments is, is to have that leadership. And, you know, to have that ability to be able to hang in there and fight. And when it doesn't go your way, don't look to point a finger. Don't, you know, put your head down and um, not be able to continue to fight. That's a, hard, that's a hard deal out there for those seniors to go through that. Um, it's a hard deal for this team who breaks the huddle every single day from Mountain West Champs since January, and then they get in that situation, and, you know, second to last game of the year, that uh, that dream's taken away from them. So uh, that's, it's hard for kids to handle that, and I think we showed some good leadership. Even after the game, I think we showed some good leadership, and there's some areas where we can definitely improve. Final score, 56-21. Utah State now gets ready to head to Albuquerque for a 2 p.m. start. That game will be on Facebook. That will conclude the regular season. I can't believe I'm saying that, that we're already there, that this uh, regular season will come to the end, and then if they win, we'll have a bowl destination to go to. If not, we're on the fringe and hoping at that point. But uh, for Coach, uh, he, uh, you'll hear it uh, on Wednesday. He'll, he'll talk about bowl games and why it's so important. we got to take a break, and as we are at you, we're going to close up this hour just a little bit more quickly than usual because of uh, Utah Jazz basketball. Uh, pre-game will be coming up at the uh, 50 mark, and then you'll hear from David Locke and Ron Boone here on this very station, Utah Jazz in Milwaukee, to start their East Coast swing. I'm Ozzy Salison. You're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.